Drums, please. <laughs> I wrote this record while 30,000 feet in the air Steward is complimenting me on my nappy hair If I can fuck her in front of all of these passengers They'll probably think I'm a terrorist Eat my asparagus, then I'm axing her Thoughts of a young nigga, fast money and freedom A crash dummy for dollars, I know you dying to meet him I'll probably die in a minute Just bury me with 20 bitches, 20 million in the countdown fitted Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up I was good neighborhood. We're back with another episode of Broken Records. It's your boy Raider Rashawn. What's good with y'all? Your boy Marquise Qsav. <laughs> it's your boy Easy E. We are back, like Rashawn said, with another Broken Records. The last, time we, a, the last time we dropped the Broken Records, didn't uh, Tilla drop the same day or the day after? Hey man, I don't know <laughs> if we just got good timing or hey. I think. The fact of the matter is that we know we're doing this and we belong here. So if you're not a believer yet, I don't know what it's going to take for you to believe that we actually know. It's like this doesn't happen on accident. I wish I knew why, but, you know, I can't speak on too much of what I know of because I'll be giving our free lunch. You know, I'll never do that. <laughs> I well, in a recent um, news or music industry, uh, I guess, events, uh, the boy, my boy, Kendrick Lamar has been in a recent conversation. Um, supposedly, somebody been slandering and talking down on his name. Y'all boys heard about that? They've been saying that man's supposed to leave TDE. Like, he don't vote with TDE and stuff like that. And I think no. he, uh, he had to address that shit today, no cap. <laughs> I see. I, I saw something with a little, uh, I saw something with a little blue figure. Ain't it cute? Can you explain what, what happened? So, basically, uh, I think my boy Kendrick was just, um, you know, minding his own business, uh, <laughs> you know, watching some cartoon, you know, cartoon serial. Uh, and then I guess, like Eric mentioned earlier, uh, some news and some rumors were speculating, you know, going around that uh, he was leaving TDE, Top Dog Entertainment, you know, his record label. And, you know, uh, like he just got on social media and it's PSA from Kendrick Lamar. And we never get these too often. So it had to be pretty serious if Kendrick Lamar was giving out a PSA. So, he I mean, had time today. That's basically what he was saying. He basically had time today, right? So I yeah, mean, he had that shit blood, too. Like, I don't think it, the rumor lingered too long. I think he got on it, that shit, the next day. No, I heard about it today. I didn't hear That's what I'm saying. Today. He, like, he addressed that shit, like, quickly. <laughs> what, did he basically, what did he say? He was basically, like, basically, he used the metaphor. He was like, you see that cap on top's head? He said, that cap don't ever fall off. Sheesh. So cap don't fall off. Why would I fall off? Sheesh. He said, listen, I'm out here with just watching cartoons, man. <laughs> but I thought he was getting that top first because he was like, top, top, top. They slandered my name, man. They've been doing this for a while and you ain't said nothing yet. I was like, oh, shit. What the fuck Top done did? Because you know Top has some, you know, uh, how I'll call it, um, interactions with uh, SZA and her fans as of recently. I mean, what? I so what's, what's Top doing? <laughs> Apparently he's not doing enough. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Right, it all falls back. He's not releasing Scissor's album, and apparently he's not um, taking up for kids when he's slamming his name. So, like Eric said, it's not what he's doing; it's what he's not doing. <laughs> okay, so basically, you 
you think it was both? You think Kendrick saying something to like the media and we everything they be saying about him, or or you think he's saying this to top or both? What you think? I think he's talking to everybody. I, I think, think he definitely has shit he had to say to top, and Absolutely. he moved that shit. But like he just wanted to end that speculation stuff in the ground because you know he's focused on his album. I think. If there were talks about Kendrick leaving TDE, I think he would do it after he masters this project he's working on right now. But you know he has this uh, media. Um, I don't want. I don't even know what to call it. Like it's basically his own baby or his own creation, PGLA, and I don't even know what that is. So a lot of people thought he was leaving that to make his own record label with Baby King and um, Georgia Smith, JoJo Smith. Okay. So, it was believable at first, but you know, Kendrick, it's a label or what is it? I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's basically they've dropped a whole tease, like a whole music video, and like Baby King was in it, JoJo Smith was in it too. But I don't know what it is, to be honest with you. Shoot. Well, hopefully we find out something whenever Kendrick drops his album. But uh, even just to tie that in, we're talking about albums, and we thought with this broken record, we just kind of kind of take it back, you know. And so I'm trying to take it back to 2011. Sometimes you just gotta go back to the classics and really and really live them, relive them again. You gotta think about that. I think this saying completely like it sums up Kendrick as an artist and even with his discography. Like in order to move forward, you have to be able to look back and realize like what steps you need to take. And that's even down to Kendrick using songs and whatever samples he put into those songs. But I feel like for us to get a greater grasp of whatever this next project. We go back to the beginning and we look at Kendrick Lamar's first uh, album, Section 80. So, high power. Here we are. <laughs> where where was y'all at when this album dropped? I know where I was at. In school. <laughs> I think I was in school. Uh, so, when this album first dropped, I don't think. I can't remember the order, but I can't remember the singles, but I, I I got first put on the Kendrick Lamar by hearing Rigor Mortis. My cousin had put it on. He was like, yo, listen to this rapper. His flow is ridiculous. Never heard anybody spit like this before. So I listened to Rigor Mortis, and then from there, I was like, okay, like, he on to something. And then I played Section 80, and I think that's how I really started peeping Kendrick. What about y'all? You go um, ahead, Q. I know for me, uh, I didn't really get put on to Kendrick until Good Kid, Mad City. Cause that's really when I know uh, you already said Eric that this is his first studio album, but a lot of people, or even Kendrick Lamar, was saying that he doesn't classify this as an album; it's more of a mixtape. But I guess when it comes down to <clears throat> legal stuff and like the actual making it to the project, it would be considered an album. But mm. yeah, like I said, I didn't really get into him. So Good Kid, Mad City, and I actually had to backtrack and listen to stuff before this because I thought Good Kid, Mad City was his first. You know, album. I'm not gonna flex, and you know I'm a Kendrick Lamar fan. I'm not gonna flex like I was always on that man. So I had to backtrack and go to Section 80, and um, just kind of get a better feel for like you know what kind of artist he was. His storytelling is what really pulled me in to like be a Kendrick fan. So, and there's a whole lot of that going in Section 80. I really can't wait to talk about this jump. <laughs> what about you, Sean? Uh, I'm I'm a little more with you. I didn't really I didn't listen to Section 80 or uh, Overly Dedicated. I didn't listen to neither one of those. I didn't. Um, I knew I heard of Kendrick, but Good Kid, Mad City was the really the album where I really started paying attention to him. Yeah, I knew it was yeah. I knew it was his second album, or yeah, I knew it was like a second project. Well, of me knowing of him, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna listen to it. And I, what honestly, what pulled me in is looking at the features. Like he had Drake, 
Me and you was talking earlier, bro. He had Mary J. Blige on his second <laughs> album. Like Mary, when I saw that, Mary, I'm like, God, like, bro, like, I gotta listen to this. And yeah. bro, like, if if you listen to Good Kid, Mad City, bro, like it it takes you like on a place. Like it, you feel like Kendrick in that like in that album. Like it takes you, especially with all the skits and the interludes and everything. Like yeah. you yeah. basically feel like you in downtown Compton. Experiencing the life with Kendrick, like as he going, I had thought about that. I felt like Good Kid, Mad City let us see Compton from the outside in. So I feel like Good Kid, Mad City, Kendrick had reached this level. We're like, okay, like what you about to do? You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's how he got that national recognition. But I feel like Section 80, uh, that's that's Kendrick telling about what Compton is from the inside out. So I feel like this project, he's talking to his niggas out there that see the struggle, like. The title of itself, Section 80, is a play on of where he stayed, Section 8, and he's a baby of the 1980s. Like, that Ronald yeah. Ray crack, like, crack. Crack babies and shit, yeah. So I feel like this let us see Kendrick raw. This is Kendrick telling his story without having that outside exposure. Like, I feel like Compton was really all he knew, you know what I'm saying? I feel like you can see it in this uh in this work. Right. So, Just going into the actual album, like, the reason I fought with Kendrick so much is what I'm about to allude to this, is because everything has a meaning behind it, like, there's no coincidence, it's, this album's called Section 80, like, like Eric was talking about earlier with the Ronald Reagan era, like, Section 80, like, the 80 means enough in significance, like, it's around the year that Kendrick was born, like, he was born in the 80s, it's also the Ronald Reagan area, you know what I'm saying, like, I think it was 1981 to 1989 that he was a, um, president of the United States, and also, mm-hmm. it's a play on words to, like, Section 8, like, those fun that right minorities were living in because you know affordable housing back in the day sheesh still today low-key you know but just going into the album i just feel like like i said i'm a pretty you know big kendrick lamar enthusiast and honestly the first three songs are like i feel like people if People didn't know Kendrick Lamar before now. Like when they heard these first three songs in this order, they were definitely like, "Bro, who is this nigga?" Like he's really like saying some like deep stuff. At least trying to get our attention because the first song is called "Fuck Your Ethnicity." If the album starts off like that, <laughs> you already know you about to talk some shit. Shoot, I re- <clears throat> I did some research, and like like you said, Q, those first three songs are really what got Kendrick that attention. Um, there was a video where Kendrick met uh, Pharrell and the Neptunes. I think they had came down to TDE studio, and Pharrell was just mm-hmm. talking about how, like, Hole Up really got his attention. And then you got songs like ADHD and Rigor Mortis, where it shows you a different type of versatility, like, rapping-wise, that I don't think anyone was really prepared for out of this young nigga. Because at the time, um, J-Rock was the head of the label. Like, he was the right. face of, of TDE. Like, he was getting co-signs with Lil Wayne and stuff like that. And so Kendrick was really his hype man uh, on stage and stuff like that. Bro, people don't know that, bro. Yeah. People don't know that. Kendrick was a hype man, believe it or not. <laughs> bro, I don't even think Kendrick really wanted to take the role as being, like, the face of TDE. I just think, like, his talent and, like, what he was doing, you know, as far as, like, the music industry spoke for itself. So he had no choice but to be the face of it. J-Rock, J-Rock still... People still don't respect J-Rock, though, because J-Rock was pretty nice. People still don't get that man's credit. Like, if it was going to be a successor, right, if it was going to be a successor to TDE, it would definitely be J-Rock. But, like you said, Eric, just the first um three songs in it, like, ADHD was really, 
I ain't gonna say it's the best song off the album, but it's one of my favorite songs off the album, and I feel like that song in itself kind of like speaks volume for like how the whole album's gonna, you know, go out and stuff like that. Because mainly, I feel like the whole general message was to understand like what it was to grow up in Compton, you know, Section Eight in Compton, you know, California. I feel like Rashawn, like Rashawn was saying earlier, that he puts you in that place where you feel like you're growing up in um in a project. You're the one that's had to like go through these like internal battles or like even external battles like gang violence, um, insecurities, uh, your environment around you changing, um, you know, stuff like that. So he really puts you in a mindset where you have to like sympathize and empathize where he's coming from. That's how you really appreciate the album. And speaking of that, like you got songs like Tammy's song and Keisha's song, like those are two different perspectives or spectrums of songs right there. Like one's them speaking about like how their boyfriends and like it's like cheating and stuff like that going on and dealing with that. The other one's talking about this girl is a prostitute and you just see right. it through their lens and you just gain a whole nother level of sympathy for them. Like I don't mean to get too deep, we'll get into it later, but like it's just Keisha's song is probably one of my favorite songs off the album just because of you just don't see that a lot. That whole concept being yeah. played out. Right, and like it was, uh, I don't mean to, you know, like jump ahead of myself, but those songs are more connected in a way than you probably think, because Tammy is basically, I can't remember which one is which, but one of them, they find a boyfriend, both of their boyfriends cheated, basically, and Mm -hmm. they end up being together because they have that common ground where, like, they know, like, each other's struggle, they know each other's pain, so why would it not make sense for them to get together? That's basically, like, the whole concept of it. That's Tammy's song. Yeah. That's Tammy's song? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so, and then Keisha, I feel like Keisha's the one where she caught her boyfriend cheating and he admitted to it and she um got in the car with somebody else to I guess exact revenge on her boyfriend for cheating on her. So mm-hmm. it's both kind of two two different perspectives. One was a prostitute, like Eric said, and then the other was just a normal regular girl that just sucked revenge on her boyfriend for cheating. But they both end up pretty much in the same situation. Like it's kinda like different backgrounds, but similar circumstances. Like or produce like the same result. Yeah. So just looking at the project, like Q, you had touched on ADHD being one of your favorite songs. So like, what are some other some of your other favorites from this project? Bro, some of my other ones' favorites. Uh, well, some of my other favorites. Um, I like Chapter Six. I like the Ronald Reagan era. Um, I feel like that song spoke a lot of volume about you know how I was growing up in Compton. Um, even the Poor Man's Dreams, like. These are songs that I really resonate with because it really like shows the versatility of Kendrick, his storytelling ability. That's probably why Kendrick Lamar is my favorite artist, like hands down, because he's a story, good storyteller. And um, if you look online, like look and see what like what category his albums are under, they fall in the country rap. And I personally like that's my favorite genre of music, if there is a genre to like you know call it as being conscious rap. Um, and just going into deeper into it. Uh, Keisha's song was supposed to be on Sing About Me, I'm Down to Thirst. So that's supposed to be on the same album as Good Kid, Mad City. And I'm not going to get too deep into that album, but that's probably like one of my one of my favorite songs off the album. And it just shows the versatility of him because this, like I said, was supposed to be a mixtape. And this is the album. But it was supposed to be a mixtape. You see how good it is. What about you, Sean? What do you think of some of your favorites? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with Q. I like ADHD, <clears throat> but just just some other ones. Uh, I like Cushion Corinthians. I like uh, that BJ to Chicago, that hook he gave, bro. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. That's one of my favorite songs, bro. 
Uh, Tammy song, of course. I like Tammy song. Uh, Chapter six is a good song too. Like this, like bro, it's it's a even if this is supposed to be a mixtape, it's probably one of the best mixtapes ever. If it's if it's supposed to be a mixtape, whatever it is, mixtape or album, it was a great like. If this is what's supposed to be like his debut studio album per se, it was a it was a great it was a great album, bro. It's a, it's a great freshman album. Like you can't be mad about it. Like if you look at if you stack this his first album against a lot of other people's first albums, like Kendrick gonna come out on top. Like this this junk is a well thought out project. Like through through and through, you gotta get his credit. Uh, one song I'm surprised uh, neither one of y'all mentioned, but I feel like y'all will acknowledge it once I say it, <clears throat> is High Power. Um, you know, the song was produced by J. Cole, and Absolutely. High Power itself was a whole movement that they wanted to do between, like, artists and just, like, kind of owning your shit. Not even just as an artist, but just as an individual. And, like, yeah. even watch little videos and concepts they put together for that really, like, bring the, it really connects everything to the lyrics and stuff like that. So I think, and I'm pretty sure that's in y'all favorites as well. I feel like I just had to bring that up, but yeah, that's just definitely interesting right there. I think uh, some of my favorites, you know, it's hard to kind of find any, like, variants with y'all because Chapter 6, ADHD, Hole Up, uh, Tammy, Keisha, Poe Man's Dreams, they all, those are all some of my good uh, favorite songs. But I think some of the slept on ones I like is uh, No Makeup, Her Vice. <clears throat> that that whole song, it, is def- it gives me a overly uh, dedicated vibes. Um, it reminds me of that song that he had with uh, Janae Aiko. It's not, it's escaping me at the moment, but it just feels like a continuation from there. But, um, it's escaping you. I can't remember what the song is called at the moment. So okay. <laughs> Which one you said? Which one? It's overly dedicated. It's the song that he has with Janae Aiko. I'm about to look it up. But keep talking. But um. Yeah, it just feels like a continuation. And I think, you you touched on Kendrick and his conscious rap and how he, like, the concept. You can feel the concept. Just tapping into this, you know what I'm saying? I feel like he, this is where he realized that he was really honing down. He could really tell a story. And you could tell, like, the leaps and bounds he took when it came to Good Kid, Mad City and creating a whole movie almost like that's I that project flows as if you sitting in a movie theater watching it from beginning to end so i can see mm-hmm. him starting on that with section 80. yeah and the song yeah. you're talking about uh growing apart thank the you intro, yes. the intro yeah yep right and i think people fail to realize that i think this was supposed to be a pre-interlude to good kid mad city because all the songs he uh mentioned in an interview were supposed to be on Good Kid, Mad City and like vice versa, but these albums were made so close together because this dropped in 2011. Good Kid, Mad City dropped in 2012. Like, it's no coincidence that both these albums dropped back to back in like consecutive years. That means that he was working closely in hand with both of them at the same time, and he probably didn't plan to drop Section Eight, Section Eighty. I feel like, and just like you feel like he just had some uh, Lucy's that didn't make it to the album, so he used them to create Section Eighty. I feel like when he he said in an interview that when he makes music, he never makes his music all at one time. Like he says, he's gone like three months in between making the song. Like he'll write the first verse, wait three months, and then write the second verse to it. So I mm-hmm. feel like he was making such a wide variety of music, you know, from whenever he dropped what was dedicated to Good Kid, Mad City, that it was just so much music that he had to like probably drop into you know section eighty. But I don't feel like he rushed anything. Like I feel like all this was premeditated. And probably we got enough songs that he didn't want a good Kid Man City. That's when he dropped a collective project 
to drop before Get Kid Mad City, which is Section 80, in my opinion. Mm. So, like, given all this information and, like, all this, like, diagnostics that we've done so far, like, what do you rate this album? You know what I'm saying? Like, this album came out in 2011. Here we are in 2020. The album still slides. It still flows. It's early Kendrick, but it's a, it's a good album nonetheless. Like, what do you feel like a true rating for it is? I'm going to go last because I have a lot to say. <laughs> well, Sean, I'll talk to you. Uh, like, like I said earlier, um, this is one of the albums I really had to go back and listen to after I already had tapped into Kendrick. So yeah, yeah. Um, I really I feel like my um, my feeling with it was going to be a little bit different than certain people that they listen to this first. Then with the good kid, Mad City, them like the the super enthusiasts of Kendrick Lamar. Like you can't even argue with them about you can't even talk to hip hop with some people that love yeah, Kendrick yeah. Lamar. Bro. They just be. Bro. But uh, it's definitely a good album. It's definitely some it's definitely some great songs in there. You can this is an album you can you're not just going to listen to it and forget about you definitely gonna remember you listen to it because it, it like i said all of his music takes you on, a, on an experience um but i would have to i would have to give it a eight and a half out of ten um three and a half out of five something like that but the only reason i'm giving it less than that not just because of what he's doing it's just because i was listening to it trying to play catch up so that's just yeah. my opinion yeah. but it's absolutely one of the best projects. All of his projects are good. You can put Section 80 against a lot of... Matter of fact, you can put Section 80 against your favorite artist. Everybody that's listening, you can put Section 80 against your favorite <laughs> artist, and it's probably going to be better than his first album, or his whole discography. Like, let's be real. That's tough. Shoot. Um, it may brought that thing down now, ain't it? It really did. <laughs> I had to think about some artists real quick. <laughs> Bro, look, I'm just saying, look, look, I'm just saying, look, bro, I want nobody to be like, bro, Sean, you gave it a three and a half out of, like, you don't know, you don't know music, like, bro, come on, bro, like, because that goes into it, like, especially if you, like, if you listen to it with fresh ears as soon as it dropped, that's different than listening to it years later after you hear everybody talking about you, oh, you need got to go back and listen to this, so you just, you know what I'm saying? I feel like if I had to give it a rating... With, and I guess I've classified myself as one of the fans that kind of every album Kendrick drop, I listen to it when it dropped or whatever. So I feel like I would give this an 8 out of 10. Um, you say 3.5, I'm going to say 3.3 out of 5 or something like that. I just feel like... <laughs> I feel 3. like it's 3.3 out, <laughs> <laughs> out of 5. I feel like it's good music, but it's raw. Like... Yeah. I can feel, I can feel he's pulling on something. <laughs> But I feel like even Kendrick, like, at that time, he wasn't able to, like, create a complete uh, focus. Like, he gives us this broad look at Compton in the 80s, like, with the crack epidemic and everything like that. But I, you just compare it to his other works, and you realize, like, kind of where it stands and stuff like that. It's not a bad project at all. But I feel like it's not a, it's a project where, like, you'll forget about it unless you have listened to it. But even with that all being said, I feel like it's a great project, and it sits at an 8 out of 10 for me, 3.3 out of 5. Well, since y'all boys already gave, gave y'all boys eights and whatnot, I guess I get mine. Um, I just want to say that I give this album a rating based on how it makes me feel currently, as well as how it made me feel when it initially dropped. So I don't, this all plays a part in my rating. So I give it a 9 out of 10, honestly, mainly because 
all the stuff that he was talking about in 2011, how was I like, what, 11 years? No, 13 years old. Like, I was 13 years old when the album dropped. <laughs> so, a lot of the stuff he was saying, you know, um, he talked about it in Tammy's song, like, you don't have to wear makeup. Like, she was basically saying that a lot of people put on these, like, fake personas and these, you know, um, fake personalities and whatnot, and to dress up as somebody that they're not. And, you know, 13 years old, I really wouldn't think about that, like, back in the day, like, during that time. But I knew it was a hard song. You know, you ever like listen to a song, like you really can't understand what they're saying, but like when you got older, you understood, like, oh, okay, this is what they meant and stuff like that. Like, that boy's yeah. ever like had that experience? Absolutely. So, yeah. I feel like with this For whole sure. album, throughout this whole album, like, I was learning stuff that is real applicable today. Like, there was another song, I can't remember the name of, where they were saying you don't have to get drunk to have fun. And yep. that really like speaks a lot of volume to like what is going on in our society, like, we, what we even think of. It's like, you know, being in, you know, at this time and place in my life. So that's why I give it a 9 out of 10, mainly because a lot of the messages and a lot of the concepts still are relatable to this day. And I know Kendrick has always done that. He doesn't make a project that, um, I'm not going to shout out Eric, but uh, Eric made a comment that if you don't listen to it, then you'll probably forget about it. I, I agree to that in some extent, but I feel like it's still getting played and like getting more spins, especially now, like in our current day. Like what's going on in the world, and like with our president and whatnot. Like this and Tipping Butterfly may be the most relatable albums to this day and age. And like, how was he able to predict this or like make an album about this when it's going on more than it probably was going back back in the day? You know what I mean? So he just puts me like Sean said earlier like, through that whole experience of what it was like to grow up in Compton. Even kind of gives us a glimpse of like what he thinks about like how far ahead and like how premeditated his projects are. So. That's why it gets nine out of ten for me, bro. I only I don't, I don't know if he was necessarily predicting me. I think it was just going on then too. So it, it just it just shows it just, you that things haven't changed. Like yeah, they have As far forward as we move, we're still moving back, and it shouldn't be like that. But Q, the year, a couple things. You said this project was a nine out of ten. So you must hold his other projects in very high regards. Because I know Absolutely. how much more you think. If he hold <laughs> this a nine out of ten, all the rest don't got to be ten out of tens. Absolutely. So, oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Bruh, damn is a 10 out of 10. Shoot, can't spoil it right now. So, <laughs> but even touching on, you said that you feel like this album is relevant given um, the times we're in. And I completely agree. Um, just, and it's a shame that it's repeating in such a way that we're able to relate to it like this. But I just feel like people, like Sean said, people still view Good Kid Mad City as Kendrick's first album. So, Unless you really just uh, just want more Kendrick, that's when you'll find stuff like C4 or uh, Overly Dedicated. And then you're like, oh, okay, what's Section 80? And I feel like, oh, wow, like this is relatable. Like I feel like people will only be able to draw that connection if they're thirsty and want to know what more Kendrick or what older Kendrick sound like. But you're definitely right to the point where it's very relevant, that into Pimp a Butterfly. So. Sound like we came to, to a good consensus. Bruh, Section 80... It is a great project. Like I said, you can stack it up against a lot of other people, freshman projects or debut projects. It's good. Like so, Q giving it a nine out of ten. I'm not mad at it at all. It's, it's, I mean, the the proof is in the pudding. Just listen to it if you, if you don't think it's good. And Q, I got something for you. I know you're a man that really likes uh, and appreciates samples and stuff like that. So I just wanted to read off some of the samples that he used on certain songs. If you don't mind, Do you want to sit through this with me? All right. Do it right now. <laughs> so, Blow My High, Members Only, 
he sampled a four-page letter by Ilya, um, Big Pimpin' by Jay-Z and uh, UGK. Then you've got songs like um, Old Man's Dream, His Vice. Now, the sonics and the sounds in that song itself are different, but I just uh, I was watching this video earlier with Sean. He used uh, songs from, what's his group called? Jill Scott Heron and Brian Jackson. In 1974, they dropped a song called Peace Go With You, Brother. And so, like, if you listen to that main theme that's kind of playing throughout Poe Man's Dream, that uh, you've got Chapter 6, that song, like, hey, hey, that was from uh, this group Shit. called Chantel. Yeah, that came from a King Neo Soul group in 2011. So it's just stuff like that. You know, I had prefaced earlier that in order to move forward, you have to be able to appreciate uh, the stuff in the past and have to be able to go back. And so one thing Kendrick does, he's not afraid to touch on any music from any genre from any time period. Like some of these songs date back to 1978. And then you have stuff. Well, this album came out in 2011. You've got stuff being used from 2010, 1999. It's just Kendrick really has, at this age, he had a appreciation for music and whatever genre. And you can see that carrying out now. Even to something like Damn, he had that song uh, XXX with, uh, I think it was like U2 or something like that. And it's even rumored that his next album is supposed to be rock-inspired. So you can just see... I heard that as well. You can trace trace back the influence of Kendrick and where he's getting his stuff and pulling from. And so I feel like if you appreciate Section 80... You'll appreciate all the other projects going forward, and you'll have very high hopes for this next project about to come out. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, shoot, I guess that pretty much wraps up that uh the first pack of this Kendrick pack. Wow. I'm excited. Hey, <laughs> I'm excited. Hey, Make sure y'all listen to this, bro. Make sure y'all listen to this episode. Share. Make sure y'all listen to the rest of this pack. We coming. We not look. We 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 going to the we going to the big albums. All the albums everybody always scared to talk about or always try to make it seem they got the most debate. That's what we talk about, bro. We're about to break it down. Let's make, music, let's, let's make music simple for the people. Hey. <laughs> if y'all want to join the conversation too, y'all feel like we might have said something off or want to add some input, you know, give us some knowledge, which might be rare to do, being the music enthusiasts that we are. You know, feel free to join the conversation. You know what I'm saying? Let us know. This is a community. You know what I'm saying? You part of the neighborhood. So hey, I ain't, I'm well, only going to take boys. <laughs> Marquise, QSAF signing out. That boy be easy. All right, man. That's your boy Ray Rashawn. Y'all boys be easy. It's your boy Z. Peace. <laughs>